Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast, episode 117, here this week with Superflex Dude and the Dynasty Madman. I was thinking today, like, for how much we've talked and for how long we've all kind of been together and in the same groups of people, I think this is the first time this trio's actually met up like this, so pretty excited to have you both here with me today on the Super Flexible Podcast. How in the hell are you guys? Good. Brothers of other mothers. Finally, we did it. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> know. Lucky you guys it. on the mothers thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and thank you. <laughs> oh, poor my mom. So I just found out that uh, Sam Darnold hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since week three. Oh, my goodness. That if is any- insane. Good God. If, if, if anyone wonders why Adam Gase still has a job... Right. There's your answer right there. Wow. He is, he is effectively not only getting the New York Jets to that number one overall pick and mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, but he's also burying Sam Darnold so that there won't be any quarterback controversy. Yeah, so, it, so it's justifiable. Um, wow. Talk about ass-backwards um, strategy that works. Yeah. I mean, that that's a great it's point, up. man. Adam Gase is uniquely qualified to get that first overall lead and create a need for a quarterback. Yeah, so I love that you started here because we're doing some public nervous announcements this week and we're going to do some studs versus studs and a little bit of other conversation to kind of continue to gear your way into the playoffs here. So, But is Sam Darnold, I mean, should we just... Beep, 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 public nervous announcement. Where are even... you on that? I'm not even nervous. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm perfectly calm. I, I'm 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 perfectly calm, dude. Perfectly calm, like calmly fading the hell out of not only yes. Sam Darnold but every single member of the New York Jets, with the possible exception of Denzel Mims. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Denzel and Dynasty, you have to be pretty optimistic about what he's been able to do even you know especially given this situation um but yeah who else would you want i mean but but do you think that sam darnold is destined to be on another team at this point or do you think he's just done i i'll go first because john probably has um a lot more good stuff for that um (laughs) i i just i i am a sam darnold fan number one i i i believed in him i i thought he coming into the league he he would be a, a good nfl quarterback i mean you know Good meaning no worse than Derek Carr. That's kind of like my benchmark because he gets a lot of flack. And, you know, but he, you know, here he is, this rah-rah locker room guy. Everybody likes him. The guy goes to church. He's a family guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's a legacy sort of player. If you don't like, if you don't like him, there's something wrong with you because, you know, he's a, he's a good NFL guy. In fantasy, you know, he hasn't always been kind to us. But I thought Sam Darnold was destined to be at least that. And, uh, you know, I haven't been right about that so far, and that's okay. I, I feel like he's gotten a raw deal because, well, number one, the changes, the Jets, they suck, the changes they made, and then Adam Gase, who would who would blame a quarterback playing for Adam Gase, like John just was trying to point out. I think he goes somewhere else, and, you know, let's say he, I mean, I don't want to 
jinx you, but let's say he became, you know, became a, a Detroit Lion after Stafford goes to, you know, wherever, um, Denver or something, right? Sure. Let's just say. Well, John made out be, on that he, pretty good. Could he be worse? Yeah, he sure did. Could he be worse there than he is? I mean, I think he's got the potential. That's me. I still believe that he could be an NFL quarterback, a starter somewhere. But it doesn't look good, does it? It's bleak because of what has gone on. It, I don't think he's Carson Wentz, you know, uh, where the the top to bottom fall from ceiling to floor was so big. I just feel like he's never really had a shot, uh, a genuinely good shot. But I don't know. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, by the way. And and the other thing that people still forget, I mean, Sam Darnold's still younger than Joe Burrow. Right. He is super young. Yep. He came into the league super young. Right. I don't, I, and I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's only a, a few months older than Justin Herbert, the youngest starting quarterback in the league. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, the, like the big question is, is he broken now? Like that's that's the whole question. Mm. And I think that somebody's going to test it. I think I, a team you know, like Chicago, Chicago would be a good one. I'll be honest yeah. with you, like you know, and and obviously, like there's there's some bias here for me. I just I happen to know that there were two quarterbacks that the Denver Broncos were very very high on out of that rookie class. It was Baker yeah. Mayfield and and it was Sam Darnold, and those were the two guys yeah. who weren't available to them and that's where they ended up with Bradley Chubb instead of you know Josh Allen and problem solved mm-hmm. dude I would love Arnold in Denver personally it's, like fantasy I think that would be a great spot with all the fantasy weapons they have and a chance to you know do something out he's better than the quarterbacks on their roster I'm confident in that yeah well and, and I I think that there's probably some some there there's a there's at least some curiosity there in the front office of you know we we were high on this guy we had him high on our board uh in that you know through that draft process he wasn't available to us now he's available you know we've got another guy that we like but he hasn't shown a whole lot i like i i think that there's at least room for room to kind of question it and say you know what about a quarterback competition here at, at the very least? Like, see if Darnold can come in and beat out Drew Locke. Yeah, you have a very young like your offensive weapons are very young outside of your running backs there in Denver too. Yeah. So, are I, you done with Drew Locke? Like, is he how are, are you nervous about that? Like, could he be a public nervous announcement? Do you think that they're going to give him there you go a, a second year to? try to groom him as a starter in that offense? Or do you think that they're going to go after somebody like Sam Darnold? Um, I don't know, probably not Dak, right? That would cost too much. Or how are you feeling on that today, John? I think that you're, you are probably, and and I'm taking accountability for my own actions here. Like um, I I try to throw my own process in here as well, but you are probably one of the reasons that I, I have what I would call a few too many Drew Locke shares. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I Do have you? Way, too, way too many. Oh no! I, I, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, but I mean, it's, it's still to a fairly small degree. I mean, number one, there, and there's a few factors here. It start just starting internally. I mean, you, you got to give these guys, you know, a, a full year in the system, and this is his second his second system that he's that he's learned and he hasn't gotten a full year in this one either um he you know he only got a partial season under rich scangarello 
and then they fire him and move on to Pat Shermer. And again, you know, we're he's Drew Locke has played eight games. It's been banged up, yeah. Lost yeah. Sutton early so, I mean, on. Noah Fan's been injured. Yep, that, that's the other thing. Yeah, the the weapons have been. You know, yeah, you haven't had Sutton. You're getting a rookie version of Jerry Judy, and mm, everybody yes. else yeah, has been in point. and out of the lineup. You uh-huh. know, so there's, I don't know, like there's, I, I, I think that you've got to give him a little bit more of a leash. I don't like what I I've been seeing, yeah. but I, I mean, I think that you, you do have to take a little bit closer look and see what happens when he's had a full year with Shermer. Um, externally, though, this is the big thing for me that I think is a little bit of a saving grace for Drew Locke is the fact that there's going to be a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks, it looks like. You're right. A ton of teams, yes. So they, That's key for this year, this offseason. Yeah, where we thought going into this season, it felt like the quarterback position was oversaturated in, in the NFL. Now we're kind of finding out that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of teams – competing for you know some of the same quarterbacks like if if Dak Prescott hits free agency I mean there's going to be a massive bidding war for him but you know there are other guys who might be available in trade Matthew Stafford is a possibility Matt Ryan is a possibility Um, and then you know from there some some of the lesser guys even are going to they're going to get a ton of attention if Gardner Minshew becomes available he's a hot commodity sure you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, even if like if if San Francisco's done with him, he's still he's going to be there's going to be a pretty big market for him. I agree with that. Well, and, I and think you, Nick you Mullins is better. And I think Nick Mullins is better in San Francisco um, long term. But I mean, I, I do think that there will be a, a big market for Garoppolo for sure. Mullins yeah. has a hell of a matchup. I'll say again. Great. Yes, great I know buy, he does. I know buy. I'm starting him this week. Yeah, in a, co- in, in a couple places at least. Um, one one team where I'm playoff bound, but I don't really have much of a choice. But I do have a choice. I'll tell you about that. But I I like him better than average. He's not perfect, but I I still think he's better than Garoppolo and for that team even. Yeah, and, and John, yep. something you mentioned as well on uh, Superflex Super Show this last week was the possibility of maybe Carson Wentz getting traded to a team like Dallas. Yep, or something like that, and create, and then you have Dak available to teams, and it opens up a whole nother can of worms. Yeah, yeah. There's and and yeah. There's and there's a lot of guys. I mean, so for one thing, I think that there are some teams right now, and the the Denver Broncos to me are one of the prime candidates for this. But you know, there's there's some teams right now who are looking at their quarterback situation and saying, man, we could do better. And, and they should like that should be the goal is to, you know, you don't stop until you get quarterback figured out because you're right. re- in the NFL. You're rebuilding until you've got that quarterback. Yeah, so, you are rebuilding until you have a starting quarterback. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you don't have a guy that fits the system or a guy that's doing well for you, or that you, you can build it around you're Yeah. Nothing else matters. You're right. Yeah. And, and that's what I wonder um, when it comes to these guys, um, you know, does Dallas pay for a Dak Prescott? Because they, they're stupid if they don't, honestly. But, you know, do the quarterbacks that are – I mean, you know the quarterbacks that are available that, you know, in free agency and just, you know, via trades or whatever, how many guys are going to be looking at Denver saying, I want to quarterback that team? That's a good mm-hmm. spot to play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It. Yeah. And, and so, I mean – you know, maybe maybe Denver can play that angle, but like the thing is, they either need to go hard after somebody like a Dak Prescott, 
maybe see if you can get to, you know, Matthew Stafford or, or Carson Wentz, guys like that. Or you have to say, you know what, like we're, we don't feel great about our quarterback situation here, but we're better off than, than Chicago. We're better off than <laughs> in right. when Philip Rivers retires, you know, uh, 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 there's a lot of teams right now in, in even worse shape. And they're going to be even more desperate for a for a quarterback, whether it's through a trade or free agency. And you just have to say, you know what, I we're going to have to sit out this off season. If we can't get one of the you know one of the big names, we're going to have to just sit this one out, uh-huh. give Drew Locke another shot here, because we're not going to be able to compete. There are way too many teams looking for quarterbacks. Yeah, the market is going to be crazy. Yeah. I'm looking at Stafford's contract. So he's under contract until 2022, but he'd be very cuttable then. I know he could possibly get traded. My concern with Matthew Stafford is his wife, and I feel like she hates Detroit now. And she used to be one of the like. I would think so. <laughs> like she used to love Detroit and be like, "Oh, we're not going anywhere. I like it here." And now she's like, "Fuck this place. I'm out." And and Dude, that's gonna I, weigh in a lot when it comes. When when Stafford has an opportunity to go to another team, I hate. I, I I hope that she's that the Stafford family is kind of able to separate, you know, Detroit and Matt Patricia because like that's the real issue. And man, well, these, yeah. these New England former coordinators are just they're absolute cancer. Junk. Yeah, like, Junk. they never do any. None of them has succeeded. I mean, Romeo Cannell um, was successful before, really, before New England and as a position coach. But aside from him being successful as a defensive coordinator and some things, you know, interim head coach, nobody else has been successful away from Bill Belichick. None of them. Yeah. Well, and, and not only are they unsuccessful, like they're they're douchebags that come in and just absolutely burn the whole village down. Yeah. You know. Like Matt Patricia, Patricia even had the hoodie cut off sleeves. I mean, seriously, dude, bro. I mean, I really, come up with your own identity, you dumbass. Yeah, win win a trophy first, and then you can and then you can dress like something out of Lord of the Rings. Right. It's like, like you tell your kids, learn the rules, and then you can break them. You can't break yeah. the rules unless you know them. Right. Right. Yeah. All of these guys. I mean, Josh McDaniels. I mean, I like I I've. Again, I've got that kind of that bias because of what Josh McDaniels did here in Denver. But he came in with that exact same attitude that Matt Patricia had, was extremely unlikable, you know, broke the rules, coached like crap, like could not win games, and then just left here with like a a smoldering hole in the, you know, in in his rearview mirror and just right. went back to New England and and you know just went back to winning championships like nothing ever happened where if it wasn't for Peyton Manning the Denver Broncos would still be a mess from everything Josh McDaniels did in his time here it's the peter principle in football it's like these guys are promoted to their level of incompetence it, you make a really good offensive coordinator under Bill Belichick you make a really good you know defensive coordinator uh, in total, you make, you know, you're good at this, you know, stay, stay in your lane, bro. I mean, it's like these guys, not everybody can be a good head coach. It's tough to be a head coach. Yeah, It's not like being a coordinator, you know, Hey Gase, you held the clipboard for Peyton Manning. That was awesome. He could have mm-hmm. held it himself, but you know, nice job. But you know, and other than that, that guy has nothing to fall back on. And most of these other guys too, they're not successful on their own and they need to just stay coordinators they're over 
promoted. And, you know, the Browns got Stefanski, um, you know, a young guy who gets it. Like, he's not overly cocky. You know, he's about the right things first. I mean, not all those guys are like that. They're just looking for a shot to promote themselves. And, yeah, it's it's a shame because I think the NFL misses so many things that they could get right easily if they just would look in the mirror or something. Yeah. Yeah. I want to stay in Detroit here, though, and with the Patricia firing and everything, like, how do you guys feel? Let's let's assume Stafford's going to stay in Detroit. How do you guys feel about that offense moving forward and your your fantasy pieces there? I know we're limited here because even we may not even have Galladay, which is something I wanted to try to get into at some point here anyway. Like, is Galladay going to play this season being the question? I think he probably does, but... Quickly, Galladay seemed to like the idea that Patricia was fired. I'm guessing he wasn't the only one on the team. Do you think that this helps Matthew Stafford rest of season and through the playoffs and everything here? Or are, are Wait, you a little question. bit worried? Galladay and Jones are both free agents after this season, right? Like 2021 yeah. free oh, agents. Is Kenny Galladay already up? Wow. Yeah, already. So, yeah. so I, but you're you're asking if they're gonna play this season. I mean, I, I got confused by the question. Well, I, I I probably rambled and asked a few questions. Um, let's start with like Matthew Stafford and that offense. Do you feel like Matthew Stafford is going to be more of the Stafford we assumed he was going to be coming into 2020 from what we saw in 2019? Now, do you think that he'll I don't know. Was he handcuffed a little bit by Patricia and the play calling there? I think for sure he'll probably be giving a, a little lot. bit more of. He'll probably be able to pl- call more of his own plays on the field now. I'm assuming they need to let him do that. Yeah, right. I mean he's a veteran in the league. I, I would assume everybody's excited on the offense to be you know at least what they used to be. I don't know if they'll eclipse that, but they don't have to. But I think. All they must all be excited to play out the rest of the season. I know Galladay can't stay healthy, but yeah, I, I would expect better from all of them fantasy points this year. Um, how could they be I, worse? But you know the transitions that, that kind of affects players. But the their positive mental outlook ought to balance it out too. I wouldn't expect less for sure. I'm actually surprised that Galladay didn't just kind of miraculously get healthy like the. The next morning yeah, after Patricia right. got fired, like, right. all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, oh, you know what? Never been better. <laughs> never been better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, that is the key. Like we need these guys on the field, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that they're better off with, uh, you know. So it's it's Daryl Bevel, right? Is going to be the interim coach. Yeah. Is yep. It? Yep. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I yeah, I, I think that that's. I mean, we we've all we've always known that Daryl Bevel also isn't the real you know pass heavy type of offensive play caller. So you know, there's there's it, I I don't know that it's going to be a lot better, but my God, it can't be worse for one thing. Um, for another thing, exactly, it, it can't be worse. How could it? Seriously. Yeah. And for another thing, I mean, for for all his flaws as an offensive play caller, the one thing that we do know here is. I mean, Daryl Daryl Bevel has what five games to essentially audition for that job. So this is a this is an extended job interview. So so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of excited about him. But like I said, I mean, it all starts with getting these guys healthy and on the field. Yeah, and I love Stafford Swags. You know this. I, we've talked a ton about it, and not yeah. just because you're a Detroit guy. And this isn't like you know I'm I'm trying to win points with you. I've always been a Stafford fan. I feel like. 
Um, if you're not a Detroit fan, you probably don't appreciate him as much. Um, hell, even Detroit fans don't appreciate him as much. But, I mean, the guy, he's been hamstrung so many different ways, so many different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish all teams had somebody as good as Matthew Stafford. I mean, yeah. let's be real. That, and I hope he goes somewhere that, you know, with all due Due respect, Shane. I hope he goes somewhere where he can show out because he's been. No, like, it, it gets back. to that point with me too. Like even as a fan of Stafford, where you you're kind of like, man, like I'm a Lions fan, but I'd love to see this dude in a better situation. If we're not going to make it happen for him, I hope they can keep this thing together. I really do. I think you know with 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 the right coaching in the right situation. I think and it, it's going it's going to be tough. I mean. People are going to come pretty aggressively for Stafford. Um, and uh, again, I mean, you have to you have to get Galladay re-signed and you probably have to figure out another wide receiver. I don't think you're getting Marvin Jones back. No, Marvin Jones is, I mean, yeah. he's a great wide receiver, but Time like watching on. him this year, the up and down and like his, yeah, he's yeah. unfortunately going to walk out to pasture with A.J. Green. Those guys are just, um, which is interesting, but those guys are, um, those guys are done. And um, Stafford, though, like his wife, take her to Jacksonville, become the starting quarterback uh-huh. there. <laughs> She'd probably right. like it more down there, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so then it, it gets in. It, did you guys happen to hear what uh, Aaron Rodgers said about Matt Stafford? No. That he he was the, the biggest, uh, the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Wow. And, oh, man. Yeah, That's it was great. when uh, somebody asked him about Mahomes and his his no look passes, and um, you guys will have to try to find it. And Rogers kind of shrugged it I off, will. and he's kind of like seriously. He goes, "We've been doing that forever." He's like, "Go back and watch some Matthew Stafford tapes." It's like, "Yeah, Mahomes is great. He does that stuff, but we've been doing that stuff forever." And then he kind of like goes back into Stafford and calls him the most underrated quarterback in the NFL and thought it was pretty wow. awesome to like kind of give him that respect, a dude in your same division that um, obviously Rodgers is the GOAT, you know, but still it was kind of like, hell yeah, you know, that's awesome. That's neat that he said that. I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, I agree. I, I think Stafford's been perpetually underrated I mean, in real football, fantasy football, and I just want to see him like, you know, be the guy that I think he can be, which is like, you know, top, top five quarterback every year kind of guy. And he's not super old yet. Um, I don't know. I agree. With, I, I think I get what John's saying because, you know, Detroit, you know, Stafford, let's get it going. There's some offense there, but honestly put him on a team like Denver with better everything, just not a better quarterback. And I, I, I think that would be magical. I really do. Yeah. I don't yeah, hate I it. would take it. I would definitely take it, but if he's <laughs> if he's not coming to Denver, I'd still like him. I'd I'd like to see him stick around in Detroit and see what happens. I mean, especially it, you know, depending on the philosophy that they're going to take going forward. But man, like one of the guys out there that you could bring in as a head coach right now and just fix that entire thing is Joe Brady. And man, yeah. would I love to see. Uh, Matt Stafford running Joe Brady's offense. You know, I saw that uh, Joe Brady might be one and done and going somewhere else to be a head coach. Probably. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, he should, he should be one of the top candidates. What he's been able to do with, you know, not only, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Oh, with, dude. That's without, awesome. You know, with without Christian McCaffrey for most of this season, what he's been able to do with that offense, I think should definitely at least get him some interviews. 
Oh yeah, I, I, I'm sure it will. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next man up as far as head coach material. They're always looking for young guys with like the fresh sort of outlook and player player friendly guys and all that. And I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he does head coach. And I don't know where would be a good spot for him, but you know anywhere Detroit. a young quarterback. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Here in Detroit. I've got one more I wanted to talk about, and then if I don't know if you guys have any more before we move on to studs or duds, but so this is a player that John had as his RB one going into the season, and somebody that Jeremy has always hated, and oh, that really? that player is Joe Mixon. Ah, oh, fuck. So <laughs> where are we at with this situation? Like twenty four years old. I'm wondering if we're even going to see him play again this year. Do you, are you at this place where you have to hold him until he's back and you try to move on? Or do you try no. to move on now for something better and you go for one of these young rookie running backs or a pick? Like, where are you guys at with Joe Mixon? John, I'm going to start with you because um, I, I know, <laughs> I, I know I like, wanted, both I liked like, him a lot going into the season. Today, but that's Yeah, funny. I mean... It, yeah, and it that one is a tough one for me and, and one that I'm dealing with in real life, too, because as my RB1 going into the season, I have a ton of Joe Mixon now in uh, across my leagues. And, and I mean, I, like I'm getting offers, but they're lowball offers. Like, I, I, I you know, I, I don't I don't think that you can move him right now. You know, I, I just don't think I think the value is way too depressed. I'm as you know, as a player, mm-hmm. I'm getting a, I, you know, I'm getting a little nervous. Like, yeah. it, and it's just, it's, it's not his skills or anything. It's the ability to stay on the freaking field. Like, what is this? This has been half the season. Yeah. For this injury that you know, it, it, it kind of came him, out of nowhere. Yeah, he wasn't like he was week to week until all of a sudden, like five weeks later, now he's on IR. It's like, what was that? <laughs> So yeah, it, that that especially when you don't even know what's going on, I think you have to be a little a little you know even more nervous than you normally would be. Like with we just talked about Kenny Galladay, you know, there's that the the number of injuries makes you nervous, mm-hmm. but at least you know what the hell's going on with him. Sure. You know? Now, do you have an example of uh, any of those offers? Uh, late first, um, like. Uh, Ah, uh, late first. Hmm. Um, that's yeah, yeah, you know something that's tracking for like bottom third of the uh, uh, of the rookie draft. Um, you know, and and I like I don't I don't know that they're horrible offers. I I think that you know people are also just kind of overvaluing rookie picks right now. Um, they always always do this time of year. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I think that it's that it's you know, a fairly, uh, a fairly genuine, fairly earnest offer. But I, I mean, I don't, I, I can't accept that type of, like, I, I can't give him up at that discount. Yeah. So, and that's what I wanted to ask now, like Jeremy being the guy who already didn't like Joe Mixon going into the season. Are you taking that first to get rid of your Joe Mixon share? Probably. Yeah, um, uh, for a couple reasons, not just because – here's the thing. If somebody's willing to give me a first right now that's a a good first-round pick, uh, I probably am. And and there's there's reasons for that. Um, First of all, I think Joe Mixon is um, 
misunderstood as and misplaced as miscast as a <laughs> three down running back. Like he's that's not him. He's he's like your change. The whole oh he's a cop. He's a change of pace back. That is Joe Mixon. He's not you know first second third down back. He's a third down back. He's a two down back. He's a he's a change of pace back. He's not Nick Chubb. That can do everything you want a running back to do and fucking kill it. Like he's not that guy. And he's super athletic. He's got the metrics. He's, you know, off the charts, but he's not even as durable as like, you know, a banger between the tackles. So he has to be, you know, you got to get him outside the tackles with passes and stuff. The thing is, I think we've seen the best of Joe Mixon. I don't think his ceiling is any higher. I don't think there's anything else. What we've seen of Joe Mixon when he's been able to string it together is the epitome of Joe Mixon. So if you take that and you say, what is a good value for that player? And I think that is a first round pick. I couldn't get that for him um, earlier in the year. Um, I was offered uh, in the league where I'm surprisingly top of the top of the league. There's no injured reserve. There's no taxi squad. There's ver- barely any waivers. Um, I got in the startup with a bunch of people, and I, you know, ha- end up having a pretty good team. I don't know how, but I'm I'm up there fighting with a guy for one of the top spots, one and two. And uh, I have Joe Mixon. And he hasn't helped me at all. And the best offer I got was first, second, third, and fourth. And the guy that I would have gotten the pick from is neck and neck with me. As you know, so I would have had mm-hmm. the one. 111, 112, 211, 212, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, 311, 312. Four, and, and I just felt at the time it wasn't worth it. I could get more. There was an offer of uh, CEH, and I gave Joe Mixon and something else that I didn't want to part with, which would have been okay. I think I should have probably taken that. In, in, in retrospect, in hindsight, I should have maybe taken that. But I, I didn't get any real strong offers. So like John said, it's not the right time to sell them. And, and of course it's not. Like, you know, Let's sell low and buy high. A lot of people do that. People overplay the, the, the buy low and sell high stuff. I mean, you're not necessarily talking about stocks. This stuff's so dynamic. You're really talking about buying and selling potatoes. It changes all the time. It's not like even daily. It's all, you know, you're talking about things changing, you know, incrementally, like by the minute, by the, by the hour. You're, you're not so... It's tough to do that, but um, I felt like I was selling low, and I'm trying to get something like John said, like you know, uh, like you just pointed out. I want a, a high end first round pick, and I'll, I'll definitely move him. I want to get beyond him because um, I'd trade him straight up for something that I could use. I can't use Joe Mixon; he's always banged up. Uh, the offense kind of sucks. There's just so many negatives for Joe Mixon. No matter how talented he he is, we end up making excuses and and sort of projecting what he could. I think we've seen the best of Joe Mixon, and I don't like it. So straight up, would you take Joe Mixon over any, and this is for both of you guys, over any of these rookies, Jonathan Taylor, Swift, Dobbins, or CEH? None of them. I would rather have all of those rookies over, and and, and I yep. wouldn't say that about every running back, but I would rather have all of those rookies over Joe Mixon, absolutely. Yep. Uh, what about you, John? Um, Man. I, I might rather have I, Mixon over CEH. Uh, yeah, that one's that's that's the big one for me, and I don't I, I'm not quite there with Dobbins. Man, Dobbins looks good, but they just they just will not commit to him. So I don't I don't know if I can quite go there either. Would you add to Joe Mixon to get Jonathan Taylor? Um, well, I think you'd have to. I know that's not yep. the question. 
<laughs> but um, I think you would too. Yep. I think I, yeah. At this point in time, based on the current barometer we're looking at, I, I think you're right. Yeah. So, which I mean, I guess means that I would, since uh, I would rather have Taylor. And and I think that that's a decent move to make because you you still get like, and I get that there's going to become a day where Joe Mixon is getting a little bit more hype and we have a ease of sell window. But at the same time, I don't know if when that time comes around, I think that Jonathan Taylor will be worth more by then. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like even if we're starting 2021 and we're starting to look at ages and now Mixon's almost 25 yeah, at this it. point. Like if you wait for Mixon to come back too long, like you're, you have to deal with so many things in Dynasty between like value, production, age, like all of these things like bank into it. So if we, it's a great point because he's 25 before next season. Yeah, next summer in July he turns 25, and I mean you're you're that's you know before doing anything significant, the guy's 25 years old. I, yep. So, I mean, for me, like, I'm at this point where I'm just like, how, what else do you want on top of mix? And I'll do it. Take advantage of me. I'm here for you. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just be gentle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I regret yeah. not taking that CEH deal. I mean, I, I was, like you guys said, I don't know if I'd trade him straight up for CEH. I had to give Mixon and a pick, maybe a second or something, to get CEH. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, I'm so down on CEH, um, I, I don't know if that's a good move. I thought I could get more, and here I am sitting on Mixon, not able to play him, and you know, trying to you know, obviously win the title in this league at least this year. Can you guys ramble off your like top five rookie running backs at this point in Dynasty off the top of your head? Top five? Yeah. Um, I'll I'll start. Yeah. Just just to see if it I mean, sparks I, anything, but I would go Swift, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Dobbins, and then I would probably go James Robinson, then probably Ceh, then Acres, then Gibson. Then it gets tough. You know what? Give me uh, Swift, James Robinson. Ooh, you know I like that though. Yeah, I mean, like at this point, you know, we're we're almost a year away from that, from or a year past the draft. The mm-hmm. draft capital obviously doesn't mean anything. Yeah, thank you. Look at the volume. Look at the opportunity. Look at the usage, man. Like they're just they're they're not even they're not taking him off the field for anything. I mean, he hasn't been catching a lot of passes, but he's on the field. They're just you know they're they they just don't use their running backs in that way. But I I just man, I don't think and and uh, honestly, it's awfully close between him and Swift for that number one spot at this point, just because. James Robinson is is a bell cow, and nobody else is getting that type of volume. Yeah, and he's been targeted forty seven times, caught thirty six of them, so he does pretty well. But, yeah, but not your biggest like PPR back or anything. Right. Yeah. It's it's a it looks it's kind of a Ezekiel Elliott type of type of workload that he's getting, and I mean, you know, we we've been all over Zeke for way too long now. I mean, we we kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt to a point where now he's dying on people's rosters. But he, you know, it, for him, it was a combination of the draft capital and the usage. And and I'm just saying, at this point, you forget about the draft capital and just look yeah. at the volume. And you're getting the exact same thing from James Robinson that you got two years ago from Zeke. 
Yeah, and I don't know if we can get Madman on board, but Zeke is a super flex city sell, so I would say you try to get rid of him if you can. Um, somebody had a poll um, up on Twitter today. I, I feel like his value isn't like with some of these other players. I feel like everybody's trying to sell him and not buy mm. him, so is it a good time to sell him? I mean, I, uh, I, I get what you're saying all, there. Holding is not the thing to do if people say, um, I mean, I'm, I live in real life, and sometimes you hold something to wait for it to appreciate, right. which could happen quickly. Um, and selling low isn't good. So, do I, if I could trade him for George Kittle, would I do it? Or you know, Travis Kelsey? Dobbins in a first. I would do it. Yeah, me 100%. too. All if day. You, if you would give me Dobbins in a first for for Zeke, I'll, I'll smash. Except I, I actually saw the Twitter poll on uh, on Twitter. It, the Twitter poll was on Twitter. Well, are you shitting me? Not at all. Um, John, your rookie RB three. Uh, yeah, there uh, we'll go Taylor there, and then uh, Dobbins. <sighs> Man, I guess it's Ceh, but Acres is awfully tempting. I know, I, I just, right, I, dude? I was the <laughs> same way. <laughs> like, I, I think that we're gonna start losing credibility if we don't <laughs> if we don't start. I hear, I hear you guys. Ceh is a legitimate. That's like, funny, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you you won't want to hear my top five or even top seven. Uh, I probably. do. I, I, I'm, I want to so bad. I'm not. Uh, listen, guys, I'm not being a smart ass about this. I'm thinking about not right now. I'm thinking about next year and beyond. So hear me out. And, yeah, I, and yeah. I know that Robinson might not be long lived, but I think that people who who chime in and say that, you know, hey, they got Robinson for ch- for so cheap. They don't have the draft capital invested in him. They don't care about him. I think. They're thinking to themselves, we got a stud running back for so cheap. We're going to yes. ride this guy, and as long as he keeps doing what we need, we don't have to worry about it. And most more teams should do that. We know that. Like In fact, they should be spending money on quarterbacks. They should be getting running backs as undrafted free agents or later in the draft and hitting on them. Who wouldn't want to hit on not spending a, a first or second on a running back? So for me, I think talent-wise, we're talking Dobbins and Swift at the top of the heap as far as everything they can do. Um, I think Swift is – he can't do as much as some of the other running backs can, but he's so good at what he does that he, he kind of – he's at the top of the heap. But I like Dobbins better because he's really good between the tackles, can catch the passes. I don't know what the Ravens are doing with him. I'm also biased. I went to Ohio State. to do with Ohio State. I have those two guys at the top. Dobbins is a really great running back in a really great situation. Um, he's doing the same things for the Ravens he did at Ohio State, the same kind of read option stuff. Um, he's a perfect fit for a team that loves to run the ball. So he he's at the top, even over CEH, who's on a great offense because he's just better than CEH. So Dobbins and Swift up at the top. I got Robinson and Gibson, you know, one undrafted, one, you know, wow, really? I thought you were going to be a wide receiver. And then, honestly, I have Akers above Taylor. I think Cam Akers is a better running back in the NFL. And then I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So I have Dobbins, Swift, Robinson, Gibson, Akers, Taylor, and CEH. I'm not trying to fight, but that's what I think. Huh. So this is interesting. Now now I have to regress a little bit here. And so you you told me, and, and I'm not, this is not a, rhetorical but you told me that i have to add to joe mixon to get jonathan taylor and i and i think you're right i think you're both right but i don't because of feel the value like that people 
have on Jonathan Taylor, yes, not my own person. I, I, I feel like the Cam Akers Parker. owner needs to add to Akers to get Mixon. Probably, yeah, and that's market value. That I'm not. I mean, I'm not using my own valuation, my own, you know, right, right. rankings. Right, I'm, right. I'm just saying, finger on the pulse. But, what's the AP? What are people willing so, to pay for? Cam but Akers, I feel like Jonathan that's Taylor? what you would right. say is the move to make. Then, if you like Acres more, to go see if you can yeah. get a peach piece attached to Acres and move Joe Mixon that way, and then you maybe actually. Yeah winning now and in the long run with that the age and the value game and everything we said about Joe Mixon by the time he takes the field next year, maybe that's the avenue See, to take. See, you're a chess player. Actually, one step ahead of me. I, I wasn't really thinking about that. You did it that, all. Yes. That's clearly what I would be looking at with these top seven guys. You were sure. the inspiration. <laughs> I love when we have these conversations because, honestly – Several times throughout, I've been enlightened by what you guys have said. <laughs> I really, I mean, I have, like I was, you know, that's a good point. Uh, I don't always get that. So, and I feel I like, a, I, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I'm I, I was just going to say, I feel like, I feel like the. <laughs> so. We it's probably time to change the subject, but I feel like the Jonathan Taylor owner in the league that I'm specifically referring to is probably uh-huh. sick of me trying to send him Joe Mixon plus. Joe, what about this Joe Mixon plus? What about this Joe Mixon plus for his right, yeah, acres? Right, so right, right. I feel like maybe I shift gears and go to that acres owner and and see what I can get done there. I, I just want a uh, running back for this playoff run. Um, I, I do like Taylor over Acres, though. I'm not quite with you there, but I think that that's the move to make. I have Acres one spot above Taylor, but, uh, you know, whatever, um, you know, however you want to slice it. But, yeah, I think your logic and the, the plan you have, the way to attack this is, is sound. I would do that. Yeah, Mr. Hogue. <laughs> He's thinking. You can hear him thinking. <laughs> well, while we're talking running backs, I've got a PNA for you guys, a PNA, if you will. Pu- I, publicly, I am nervous, announcing my nervousness about oh. Alvin Kamara. Ooh, a double so he's got Atlanta. This, yeah, uh, he he's he's got Atlanta it. this week. Not a very good matchup. I mean, if they're the third best against running backs, but this might not even be just a one week thing. This is just kind of going forward because. You know, he was averaging basically nine targets a game with Drew Brees. He has a total of three targets with, uh, or no, two targets with uh, with Taysom Hill in the last two weeks. And, I mean, this is, Taysom Hill is or just one target. This is just getting worse and worse. Uh, the, I mean, it looks like Taysom Hill might be their, their quarterback of the future. And he just absolutely kills Alvin Kamara, and it's making me nervous. Mm, yeah. You have to think at some point, though, that they find a way to get Kamara involved in the game. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it just, they, it, they're they just, they've completely, uh, Taysom Hill, I won't even say they, Taysom Hill has completely erased him from the passing game. It's just driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a great one, though. And I mean, he still holds so much value. So is he a top five dynasty running back? Um, value wise, I'd say so. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with what your fears are. I mean, people would pick on Drew Brees for the dinking and dunking, and you know, pick on his top wide receiver. Oh, it's just all the targets that Michael Thomas gets. Just all the things where 
you know, was it the cart before the horse maybe? Or, you know, is it a false cause analogy? Because really, Drew Brees is an above average quarterback. I don't care if he can throw it 60 yards or not. I mean, smart guy running the offense, um, making those passes. You're a smart quarterback if you're getting the ball to Alvin Kamara. You're a smart quarterback if you're throwing thro- short passes to Michael Thomas, getting rid of the ball, and then letting Thomas do the work after that on a slant or whatever pattern it is, um, instead of waiting, 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 and throwing an incompletion. All the things that happened with that offense when Drew Brees was quarterback is what you want as a coach, even you know as a fantasy player. All jokes aside, age, the, the short passes, he was good for fantasy. Now, what? Suddenly, Alvin Kamara is not a fantasy asset. Why? Because of the change at quarterback. I mean, it's insane how different that is. Like, if I'm if I'm a quarterback of a team, I'm looking for the tight end and the running back because I can get rid of the ball fast. I don't know what this kid's doing, but um, yeah, it's. I think Alvin Kamara is a buy for sure. But I am definitely nervous about having him on my team the rest of the season because look what's happened the past couple weeks. It's it's goofy. Yeah, you're you're. You're still buying though for in dynasty going forward. Um, yeah, I think so. I I wouldn't want to pay what you know the retail price was on Alvin Kamara before, but if somebody's willing to sell because they're so nervous, yeah, that's what I mean. I it, another thing like I'm not going to sell him now. Probably, you know, I don't know that I want to get away from him because mm-hmm. the price is depreciated. But you know, I think you could argue either way. It depends on yeah. what you think his outlook is after the season. I don't know what it is. Right. And Superflex, would either of you guys give 101 for Alvin Kamara? Rookie oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't because I'm thinking 101, I'm taking Justin Fields. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm a quarterback over Alvin Kamara. I feel like I could get somebody else um, at running back easier and cheaper than that top-shelf quarterback. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel comfortable about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – that's a yeah. I think I want to stick with my one hundred and one too. I don't think Kamara's the piece that like if you're that crappy and that one hundred and one is already yours. I think a mistake that teams like fantasy teams make all too often is like they'll want to build around Barkley with nothing, or they'll want to build around Kamara with nothing. Like you'll go to yeah. these teams and yeah, try to point. get Kamara from a non-contender. And they're like, oh, that's the guy I'm building around. And you're like, with what? Like, what the hell are you going to put around right. Kamara? Like, guy back and something else, or even just a quarterback that's going to be around for a while. Yeah. I think that's totally the backwards way to do it. Like, because by the time you have a team built around value. Kamara, he's going to be done. Right. Yep. So true. So. I mean, what if it's a. What if what if it's a contender who traded for the pick that turned into 101? Does hmm. that change anything? Wow. Contender that traded away the one on one for Kamara, no, or a so contender that traded Kamara for the one on one. The contender is stacked and has a one on one from somebody that traded it earlier. Is that kind of what you're saying, uh, John? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man, the, that's interesting because I mean, you have so much leverage. But then, how much is Kamara going to help you right now at these crucial times? Like, why why you're buying Kamara is because of right now to help you through the playoffs. And I think for me. Right. No, that's just not the move I want to make. If I'm if I'm selling that 101 today, I think I'd rather go after somebody else. Yeah, yeah, I want to go for one of the younger backs, either a rookie or a second year guy. I, I think one, I'm a little nervous yeah. with you, John. Yeah, I am too, for sure. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah, I mean they're giving the ball to Latavius Murray. Yeah, a lot. It <laughs> sucks. <laughs> right. You know, like. <laughs> <It does. laughs> 
<laughs> like, yeah, he, he got a ton of, I, I, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he got a ton of carries. It felt like Latavius Murray was on the field like twice as much as Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Um, man, I have one more I, I want to throw out there right now, and I feel like it's kind of late in the show. I don't know if we'll totally get to studs for duds. Maybe we'll just throw a couple things out there at the end of the show. But I want to ask specifically to you now, Jeremy, Like, how are you feeling in Cleveland about your quarterback, Baker Mayfield? Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not pessimistic like some. Um, I mean, I've seen some errant passes, but the game script that they have, uh, the weapons that they have, Stefanski's design, um, he fits that perfectly with the rolling out. We, we've always known Mayfield can throw accurately on the run. You know, one of, one of the more athletic guys, honestly, to test. It, it, he doesn't look like it, but he is um, as far as mobility. And I think they have the right mix with the running backs, the two back sets, the tight ends. They have plenty of, of good blocking and guys that can catch too. I, I think it's really um, – I get pissed. I've seen some of the overthrows, wide open wide receivers like Rashard Higgins last week and before that like you know, on the uh, post pattern and then a corner route. Uh, just, uh, you know, bad throws. But I think – He's running the offense very well. The coach is happy. The players are happy. Um, I haven't seen a Browns team look this good and be eight and three in a long time. So my criticism is um, it's about the the small things, which is good. I mean, I can't even believe it's about the small things after all the time. So yeah, Baker Mayfield's outlook is positive. He's doing fine. Would I rather have somebody else? I don't know who I'm going to plug in there. And we get the same outcome of eight and three. They only had one big ass kicking and a couple of games they should have won where the whole team was a little down. They had some guys out. But last week, they were missing so many starters. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, you know, they were missing their big time stud pass rusher, Miles Garrett. Um, a guy got hurt early on, one of their, you know, top defensive backs. They're missing Denzel Ward on defense. And they still found a way to win that game. And it really came down to, you know, Baker playing like a veteran, really, in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy. I don't mean to belabor the point, but um, as a Browns fan, I'm, I'm I'm happy, and I think the outlook as far as fantasy is good, too. You know, he's not a top, you know, he's not a, a quarterback one every week, but it I is think his job secure. Good. Yeah, for sure. His job it should, should be. It should be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, you know, we talked at the top about, you know all the teams that are going to be looking for quarterbacks all the teams that are feeling kind of unsettled at quarter i've i've, I've been on a roller coaster with baker mayfield <laughs> from day one sure and, and, uh, i think we've all been on that yeah. ride with you yeah. <laughs> i think we're riding the same coach <laughs> but it, i'm on the way back up with him right now because again you know i look around the league and look at the look at some of the quarterback situations and you know the teams that we were that we mentioned that probably feel pretty unsettled i mean basically where we're at with baker mayfield is he's matchup dependent and you know what i will i like i will take that uh i i I will take that type of predictability as opposed to you know like for for fantasy purposes tom brady you never know when you're gonna get a good game out of tom brady you know Cam Newton, you're never going to get a good game out of Cam Newton. Like, it, it's right, done. It's always be like, even. Oh my God, I hope he throws some passes and scores a rushing touchdown. <laughs> you're right. You think yeah. it's craziness. Yeah. It, like, at this point, I mean, Carson Wentz hasn't been able to take advantage of good matchups. Right. So, you know, the fact that, that Baker Mayfield, you know, there's, there's value 
in the fact that he shows up in those good matchups and you can see it coming. Like that's actually very valuable in Superflex and fantasy too. Um, one last thing, because John made me think of it. It's that he's shown the ability to come from behind or in a close game, do something and get the team down the field, rally them and do something positive. So the Browns don't lose, which I haven't seen in years. That's huge. And, and again, you know, he's getting more fantasy points by doing that. But um, yeah, for, for, for fantasy football, NFL football, a guy like that with that kind of moxie is uh, definitely, a, you know, a good to have. Yeah. Josh Jacobs is officially ruled out. Yeah. Just saw that. That sucks. I ha- I don't have a lot of Josh Jacobs, but where I have him, I feel like I need him. That sucks. Yeah. Yep. Somebody else is out, too, I just saw. And, dude, Swift, brain damage? What the hell happened to him? Yeah, I, I don't even know what happened to him. Well, I mean, he had a concussion, and then... Adrian Peterson said he's seemed a little down the last couple of weeks. And, um, well, concussions are nothing to like take lightly or joke about. Well, like, they are. Brain we we, we don't mean, know. Brain right. Sure. Absolutely. But I mean, we don't know the extent of the concussion. We know that Adrian Peterson noticed that he seemed down and less ed- energetic the last couple of weeks since having the yeah. concussion. Yeah. So less energy is for sure yeah so i mean we'll we'll see how he recovers from it but i don't want to like people are already saying oh javid best but uh, i'm not <laughs> no you not, know, not quite thanks Smart it's asses. that detroit thing everybody has to bring up those worst cases and um I, we're I think running he'll, next he'll good to die okay. detroit yeah i made that joke too um i but swift should be fine yeah that's not so I guess it's time to get out of here. Maybe we just uh, we sign off with our studs versus duds. So I sure. will say that I am Swagzilla Zero G. This is the Super Flexible Podcast. Also, be sure to tune into Super Flex City if you have not. Um, we we actually didn't mention that much on today's show at all. Um, but my stud for stud versus dud is I'm going to take Mitch Trubisky against Detroit in a nice matchup. And I'm going to take him, I'm taking, I shouldn't have gone first. This feels easy. I'm taking him against Goff, 73% owned against Arizona. And then I will throw it to at Superflex Dude, and he can tell you anything else he wants to tell you on his way out of here. Man, that pretty much covers it. Hang out with us in the city. The city never sleeps. Uh, I'm going to take Baker Mayfield since we just got done talking about him. He's got a nice matchup this week. And, uh... Going against, oh man, it's that time of year. Russell Wilson, <laughs> Russell, Russell Wilson. It, we're at the time of the season where Russell Wilson lets you down consistently, and we've we're already seeing it coming. Man, I, I am leaning on Russ a little bit. I know we all are, but he does this every year. Get to the fantasy playoffs, and the uh, the cooking stops. Is, are we going to yeah, see Daniel yeah, Jones this week, or is it Colt McCoy? I think Jones is going to miss the game, uh, but yeah, probably Colt McCoy. I, I do think so. At Dynasty Madman, you're Studley oh, versus yeah, right. Dudley. Are you take? Um, are you should take Colt McCoy. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm <laughs> and this, <laughs> I, I unfortunately I don't have a, a dud versus a stud, but I, I was thinking Derek Carr has a great matchup at the Jets. Um, you know, Derek Carr's always looked down on, so I, I'm probably not playing by the same rules you guys are, but. <laughs> hey, we got to have I, a cheater in the house, though. Is How about that Matt, Matt Ryan? No. Can we throw in Matt Ryan for him? He's going against New Orleans. Yeah. That is not a good matchup. Let's, no, that, let's that's do that. true. 
car Let's against Matt Ryan. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, <laughs> I really do think Carr. Um, you know, it, I I think Derek Carr is a guy that gets a lot of flack in fantasy football. You know, he gets a lot of flack. He's cheesy. He's kind of like that guy. But honestly, if you were to start a team and Derek Carr was like, you had a couple of guys to choose from. You got Ben Roethlisberger. You got Derek Carr. I'm taking Carr because Roethlisberger's a douche. Right. I want the guy that's a good locker room guy that, you know, can take my team down the field. And if you put him in the right positions, you don't give him a lot of pressure. He's going to do okay. Roethlisberger's a better quarterback. It's not a better guy. I want Carr in my locker room. So, you know, here's to you, Carr. I'm I'm tired of talking you up, man. Do me proud and beat the Jets. Oh, my God. You you have to beat the Jets this week. Right. Do well, well, my friend. But do it through the air. Do it through the air for the Dynasty Madman. Please pass. Jacobs is not going to play. You got to throw the ball, buddy. Throw it. Show me some Brian Edwards love for crying out loud. What the hell? Brian Edwards? I mean, you know, just stop holding him back. Get him out there. You got it. We are, we're going to get out of here with some Zach Reed, the Superflex City song. Did we tell everybody who we are? Well, I'm the Dynasty Madman at Dynasty Madman. SFD. At Superflex, dude. 